This episode of the Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software and Vetro FiberMap. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. I'm your host, Joe Coldabella. We are at Calix Connections. 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Joining me is Brad Moline, the president and CEO of Allo Communications. Brad, welcome back to the Broadband Bunch. Well, thank you. This is fun. Yeah, you spoke with Pete last year. Now you get me. So um, hopefully that's not a downgrade. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to start with um, this Calix event is awesome. They do a a fantastic job every year. It really is. It's one of the uh, conferences that we make sure that not only do I make sure I attend, but I make sure our team attends. So it's um, our engineers are here, our product teams here, marketing, um, leadership, uh, CFO, you know, and we lean into this one. Now, is it one of those things where it's a success conference? So you sort of look to see what other folks are doing and seeing like what you can do in terms of like, oh, wow, they're doing things that we haven't thought about. Is that sort of the idea? Well, you always want to learn from others. Absolutely. But then, uh, it's a time that we can specifically get together and focus on one of our stakeholders. Uh, we, we don't view Calix and many of the other uh, people we work with as vendors. We look at them as stakeholders. They're equally responsible for our success. And um, we outsource our research and development to them, a lot of different concepts, and then figure out what their roadmap is, what our roadmap is, make sure they align, obviously. And so it's a, it's a, just a very important conference for us. Awesome. So it's almost like a, like a, a a deep collective breath to say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what they're doing. And let's move forward with that. Absolutely. And, and make sure that the team's here outside of their swim lane. So, you know, if, if it's a product team, they also need to hear about marketing. They also need to hear about the economics and uh, the roadmap and those types of things and not just stay in their single swim lane. So it's, it's a great opportunity to just uh, set your strategy with a stakeholder. You know, I think that's a really great point because... It- in terms of just motivating folks, when they know everything in terms of a holistic approach, it's almost like a, a motivating thing for folks when they sort of know what other people in their teams are doing. Yeah, not not just other things that they're uh, doing with their teams, but also what other companies are doing in like um, areas and compare and contrast, optimize, uh, create excellence in our products and, and you know, our service delivery methods. And so... Th- that's the um, the value of this. Awesome. So I, I, it's funny. Um, you actually popped up on my LinkedIn, and it said, "I'm sorry." That, <laughs> right, but it said that um, Allo Communications celebrating 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. It's 20 years, and you know when we started, we were a business fiber company. Okay, business fiber company. It was years before the iPhone. Uh, you know how crazy is that? But that start really informs where we are today and and where our culture is today because we started with business then we added res most people did it the opposite right okay so we did a a telco style and most other people do a a more cable s style right and so uh you look back on that 20 years well one none of the vendors exist i'm not saying they 
they got bought or something. They just went out of business <laughs> that uh, we used back in 04, 05, 06. And, um, but now you look at the quality of the, the um, partners that we have, you know, Calix being a leader on that. Um, you're not hoping it works. You're not saying, well, if they develop X, that'll be good for our customers because that's, you know, like the table stakes we need. Now we're taking it to the next level with things like smart home, um, smart home, smart town, um, the things we can do with education, the things we can do with um, business is just phenomenal. So it's 20 years. That's a big move. And it's really it's all because of the team. Uh, we've got some people here with with us that, um, you know, have 20, 19 years with us. Wow. 13 years, 15 years. And um, and then we have a mix of, of our new leadership that are, you know, four or five years. And it's it's just fun to look back on that 20 years and go, we started with a few of us. Now we have 1,500. Well, that was actually going to be my, my question was you started in, in Imperial, Nebraska. Is that correct? Imperial, Nebraska, the telecom mecca. <laughs> I know it well, right? <laughs> but no, it's 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 fascinating though. So we started in Nebraska, then went to uh, Colorado as well, and Arizona. Yep, a ton of cities, right? A million subscribers. Uh, not, not a million subscribers. Uh, we pa- uh, we can serve a million population. Okay, okay. And uh, you know, we we have about one hundred fifty thousand subscribers. We'll more than double in the next two years. And um, and it's a mix of business, governmental, residential. Uh, we try to affect the whole ecosystem in each community, then create regions, and then kind of create a super region um, of uh, efficiency because your brand can can move you know from northeastern Colorado all the way across Nebraska, you know down into the western side of Arizona, and it's. Uh, we never thought it would get this big, but the team, we use a servant leadership approach. And so the team will take us wherever we're going to go. It's not like I'm coming at this and saying we will do X and Y and Z. It's net promoter scores. It's how are we taking care of the customers? Are we getting 50, 60, 70% market shares or are we dabbling? Well, right now we're getting meaningful market shares and our team's doing well, so we're going to continue to, uh, for the next 20 years, grow. Awesome. No, there's a lot of things there. But I love that you guys call them fiber hoods. So it's, it's uh, what's sort of the thinking behind that? It's like, it's, to, is it to your point in terms of when a holistic approach in terms of when you enter a community? Yeah, the, the fiber hood was just a means to help brand uh, because- when we started to go into some of these communities with fiber, they were like, well, why would we need fiber? You know, fiber wasn't that popular and really could be debated whether it was needed pre-COVID. When COVID happened, it moved the whole business plan up five to seven years because people couldn't learn. They couldn't work from home. They couldn't do a whole bunch of things and that were perfect use cases for our uh, capex investments so now maybe fiberhood isn't needed as much but uh it was very valuable particularly back in you know 2012 13 14 you know really you need fiber why so that that's actually great because that was actually getting my question was going to be um has sort of the mission changed 
Because it was originally, to your point, was originally simply bringing connectivity and then by defining it as fiber. And now it's it's about bringing technology, isn't it? Well, I would like to say that the the purpose has never changed. The purpose is to take care of people in our communities. Okay. Now it has evolved because how we took care of people in 2009, it was completely different than 2019. And in 2023 and beyond, now it's how do the business, the government, and the residents, how does that whole ecosystem work in a community, in a region? Because what we're doing is we're providing the service for how the hospitals work with their patients or how the city works with their residents or the schools with their uh, um, students, or maybe now what we're seeing and maybe the most important is how the businesses work with their customers, but also their people working from home. Wow. We never thought that ecosystem would occur. Well, with Calix, some of our other stakeholders um, with our team, we're solving everybody's problems. And what that allows us to do is get the majority market shares in all cases in a community because we do a ubiquitous build. So we build the whole community. We don't just target a portion. And then we start to change how that community works. Now, you know, that sounds grandiose, but it really it, it, it really isn't. It's how they work. We enable them through unlimited bandwidth. And, you know, so that's the, the, the fun side now is that the technology or, you know, what is that in the end, we're a utility, we're a service-based utility that enables our communities to do anything they, they need to do on a communications and entertainment basis that any, anybody could do around the world. But it also sounds like, at least the way you're explaining, at least to me, it sounds like, um, it's not about closing the digital divide. It's about creating a gigabit society. Which a gigabit society means no one's left behind. Right. And so, yes, closing a digital divide. Yeah, that's one thing. But also making sure that the businesses can compete regionally, internationally. Um, The government is very efficient and taking care of the people in need, but also the people who need to learn and be successful for the next uh, generation. So it's it's a little of everything. You know, and and it's so funny because... Obviously, you've been in for 20 years, but just just in the last few years, right? We've got um, telehealth, right? In 2000, and when you first started in 2003, was was telehealth even a thing? Or there's AI, augmented reality, virtual reality. There's so many things. And, are, you know, what inning are we in? Are we in the first inning? Or, I mean, have we even got up to, to the plate? It's super exciting, isn't it? It is. Um, you, you know, a lot of people look at their businesses differently, but we're a perpetual business. So every business evolves. And if you have a 30, 40, 50 year viewpoint, what inning are you in? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really got to, uh, you, you have to look at it as perpetual. It will always be changing. We will always be taking care of customers. We will always have competition. We will have to, to be better than the competition. We will have to listen to our customers and adapt solutions for them. I just call that a business. Um, quite often, you get the feel, you know, one thing I hate is when people talk about passings. How many passings do you have? How many, you know, what's your cost per passing? 
Who cares? How many customers do you have? What's the cost efficiency of that customer investment and what your profit can be over that? Is it a reasonable profit? Is it too high? Is it too low? Um, we target a very reasonable profit because we believe, again, we're a utility. We're part of the community. If we make too much money, somebody's going to displace us because they're going to do it more cost efficiently and, and take care of the customer. If we don't make enough money, we'll go out of business. So let's find that right place and let's run a great business. You know, I, I really love that as well, because I, the, the, the approach you're taking, taking to it is, is really interesting. And it sort of leads me to my next question in terms of how you're looking at the future. So obviously, like I've heard the term future proof, there's future ready, but you used a different one, which was future fit. And I would love it if you could sort of expand that, that as well, because I think it's really an, a unique perspective. Well, future fit means you're ready for as far as you can see. And so that what we invest in, we spend a little bit more money than most um, on a per customer basis, but we can put a whole lot more value over our offering so if you do a great job of building a network invest in the right materials look at not just what will get you through the next three years but the next 30 years uh we the way we design our networks a little bit more expensive but what's great is we don't have to come back and retrofit we get a long runway and then our customers yes they like us we like our customers but you know what? They don't want to see us in their homes and they really don't want to talk to us. So if we're future fit, they can just operate and they don't have to think about us. And that's when we win. Well, it's interesting you say that they, you don't want to, they don't want to see you uh, they don't want in your in their homes, but I'm sure that you, for your employees that they're excited to wear the badge, you know, for as they walk around because that they're delivering great service. You know, your brand is um the kind of culmination of everything you do. And I love wearing the logo. Uh, I love going to a, a community and, you know, be sitting at a restaurant and somebody sees it and goes, Hey, thank you for X. Wow. Who gets that in life? Right. And particularly as a utility, you know, the brand is everything. Um, the team loves it. They care about it. You know, you, when you're getting net promoter scores in the high 60s, low 70s, you're kind of a rock star compared to your competitors. But you can never rest on your laurels. You've got to earn that every day. And you've got to enable your team to take care of that customer, to make the decision for the customer's benefit. And then maybe if we would have liked them to make it a little different. We can teach them that, but first and foremost, empower people to take care of the customer. Yeah, it really is. You know, as I interview, everyone says that it's like you have to put the customer first. And because quite frankly, there are some um, operators and we won't name any that are fairly large, let's say that, that don't put the customer first. They're thinking about other things. And I think that's a real opportunity for the, the more homegrown sort of um, operators to, to really take market share. Yeah. It, you know, it's easy to be critical of these very large companies, but the reality is think about their culture. They grew up in a monopolistic situation where really the only thing that they could do to impact profitability was to get cheap. 
You remember the 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 times when people were offshoring um, all of their call centers because that was cheap. There was only a few levers they could pull, but most when you're in a monopolistic situation, most of those levers aren't for the benefit of the customer. They're for the benefit of profit. And so we're lucky because we've only been competitive. So everything we do, uh, when I started the company, I actually had a whiteboard and I said, here's what an incumbent does, either telco or cable company. And here's what they do that's good. And here's what they do that the customers absolutely detest. And then I made a list of, here's how we're going to build a company that will not do that because that will be our competitive advantage. And, you know, most of those basic thought processes still exist today. Yeah, that, that point of difference is so vital because w- when you do that, it gets it gets your employees excited and it gets the, the folks that use your service excited. Yeah, and your team has a purpose. They're not just coming in, you know, hitting the time clock and hitting the time clock at the end of the day and going home. They become even more passionate than I am about quality of service and and success and being fair to the customer. What's fair? You know, uh, the customer has an issue at, you know, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Well, then you go fix it. Well, if it's one set top box out of five is down, okay, what's fair? You know, there's that debate, but the interesting thing is our team usually is saying, well, we should go fix it. We should go fix it at any time. Okay, let's get reasonable. Yeah, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit, right? Yeah, and and that's what I love about my job now is I'm actually dialing our people back and going, whoa, 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 whoa. You also have a home life. You also, you know, sure. the people on call don't really want to be, you know, traipsing in somebody's house at 930 at night. Okay, yeah, fix it the next morning. Right. Schedule an insult. What delights the customer? And is fair to our team that it's easy to come up with that mesh. And that's when you just operate well. That's great. So obviously you spoke here at, at Calix Connections. Would love if you could just sort of share what you talked about just in terms of how you've partnered with, with Calix. Well, you know, I started off earlier. I talked about how Calix really is our research and development arm. Well, um, Michael uh, and I came up with a thought process for Smart Town. Um, and what that is, is how you can connect businesses and residents and governmental institutions, but then use the Wi Fi routers to also and, and augment those routers for mobility across the community. And what does that enable? That enables this, the uh, student who maybe his family either can't afford or doesn't value um, an internet subscription, if they can see another uh, router, their Chromebook can get back to their public school. Wow, that's awesome. You know, so now they can do homework. Now they can learn. You know, during COVID, we should really have been ashamed of ourselves as a, as a um, group of providers and as a country that our kids couldn't learn. So we're solving that, but then also fire and rescue. Um, so important. W- wouldn't it be interesting if that body camera, rather than it just being something to record so they don't get sued or, you know, they can uh, evaluate something. What if that's a live camera 
so the doctor's looking at the, what the EMT is doing so that, you know, God forbid, a, a SWAT team, the commanders are seeing the same thing the SWAT team is real time or insert use case. Um, now, now we're talking about having not only customers and those types of things, but we've got this ecosystem. And then, you know, we're, we're like many of the, the different carriers, we're getting into mobile phones. Well, that mobile phone then, is that a, uh, insert, you know, brand name mobile phone, or is it an extension of Allo? Well, we're hoping it's an extension of Allo. Um, I'm just excited about all the different opportunities. And you know what, as you're saying, what I love about it is that it's, um, for all communities, right? It's like you know. Unfortunately, the big the big uh, cities get every all the the bells and whistles, and and unfortunately, rural communities sometimes lose out. But it sounds like you and Calix are doing some fantastic things. Yeah, um, actually, that that was part of the founding of Allo. Is uh, I lived in Kansas City, and I had a non compete and a telco there, and um, and so I had to move north. Um, had to bad term. Uh, I grew up in Nebraska. And so I, I thought, well, you know, while I have the non-compete that my kids could get to know their grandparents, well, we never left. And one of the things I heard that just used to offend me was, you know, that's all we can expect in rural Nebraska. That's all we can expect in rural Colorado. Must have been infuriating. Oh, made me mad because I'm like, why shouldn't you expect world-class? So then we start doing the fiber I contend that most of our communities are more connected than the metros. If you really think about it, if everybody has access to fiber, because again, we do ubiquitous builds, you, not everybody has access to fiber in the uh, NFL cities. And so what we've done is taken it to that next level and said, we'll enable you to do whatever you want to in uh, rural Nebraska, Colorado, Arizona. And so what that did is um, the weaknesses of rural America are usually geographical. You know, it's transportation related. And so now you don't need that transportation. We shrink the size of the country through technology. Wow. Well, and then, of course, we couldn't have ever predicted the work from home. Sure. Absolutely. And now, you know, I've got you know, I run into people who are working for East Coast companies, West Coast companies, and having a quality of life like they could never have. And maybe even more importantly, they get paid the same living in a small town and, and their hassle factor is so much lower. You know, a lot of our communities, there isn't really a commute. There really isn't a traffic jam, those types of things. And then you you abstract it all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska. I contend that Lincoln, Nebraska is the most connected city in the country right now. Uh, you know, the top 100 cities, one of the recent reports were it was number two in download, number two in upload, number three in latency. Wow. Uh, there was nobody else on that list that was in that uh, in that subset. So, uh you know, these rural communities can be connected. That's great though. And you know, it's so funny as I hear these different stories, it's it's almost like it's this is the opportunity for the rural communities to sort of jump the line, right? Because I, I live in Fairfield County, Connecticut, which is one of the den most densely populated um, areas in the country. We're a bedroom community for New York City and I've got cable and it's I'm not going to get fiber anytime soon because 
the the company there is is making money hand over fist and they don't need to change but they're eventually they're going to have to but until then you know these the smaller rural communities are 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 out distancing what i what i have so it's it's awesome yeah um and i understand our business model our business model is serve tier 2 and tier 3 cities i don't understand the nfl model the nfl city model you know the the largest 30 or 40 communities in the country, um, very important communities. All I can do is focus on taking care of my customers, making sure that uh, their communities just thrive, that there's no excuses regarding bandwidth and connectivity, and then just enable them to do whatever they want. The challenge I see as a country is we got to get those large cities connected. And and Bede's going to help us get the very rural connected. Well, we really don't play in either of those events. Okay, yeah, because exactly one of those things where technology, the amount of stuff that's coming down the pike is absolutely amazing. I'm super excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, and again, our job's just to enable it. And I believe with this huge investment that the country's making, all of a sudden, the standard is going to be a very connected home business um just connected community i can't wait to to see what innovation does because some people will say well bandwidth usage isn't growing that much well it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the country if if i'm going to develop a product it's got to be good for the entire country well a slow upload yep. is going to negate maybe some of the awesomeness of what some technology could come. We're just a couple years from hang on. Yeah, it's and crazy. it's going to be worldwide too. It's amazing. Yeah. You're listening to the Broadband Bunch podcast. I'm here with the CEO of Allo Communications, Brad Moline. Um, Brad, one of the things that you were saying there is community. Community is really important to you guys. And one of the things that I noticed is that you have a program um, with working with the U.S. military and, and bringing folks in. Would love if you could talk about that. I think that's amazing in terms of just workforce is always an issue, but to bring those folks in, to integrate them in, really, you know, appreciate when you do stuff for that for those service members. Uh, we're not doing anything for them. They're doing a wonderful great, job for great us. Um, our chief construction officer, Todd Hain, he, he was an Annapolis grad, uh, career naval um, uh, officer. 28 years, decided he wanted to come back to Nebraska. I got lucky. <laughs> um, uh, you know, after 28 years and that wonderful training that are, that the military gives you, he came in and um, he, he runs our construction organization. So that strong leadership, it's a natural in construction for people. It's a smooth move into, into their, uh, into those tasks or the, those, uh, that profession. But then, you know, you show them a little bit of what we're doing. These, these hardworking, dedicated people, very purpose-driven people. It's just awesome to see what they do. Whether we do all our uh, locating ourselves, um, we did over a hundred thousand locates last year with three at faults. Wow! You want to talk about, you know, five nines? Holy moly! These guys are awesome. And we, uh, you know, we just embrace not just military people, but any of our, of our teammates, but the military does a great job of training people to be consistent, 
to be professional, to be proud, and to take care of others. That's what we want. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So great things. So do you see any like challenges on the horizon or is it one of those things where whatever it is, you guys can handle it? Oh, I'd love to be that cocky. <laughs> um, uh, you know, every day's a challenge. So, you know, there's workforce, there's interest rates, there's supply chain. You know, just think of all the different things that have happened over the past years. But what you do is you surround yourself with a team that isn't defeatist. It's, everything's an opportunity. That's how we look at it. So, you know, hey, make sure you're ahead of supply chain. Make sure you're work, working with those stakeholders and those vendors that, that are really, you know, part of your team so that they can see out in the future. Um, workforce. Well, I think we're going to have a workforce challenge for a long time. We've got a community, Kearney, Nebraska, that has 0.8% unemployment. Wow. Well, we needed to hire 25 or 30 people there. That's really hard. So you got to get creative. You got to create um, and train some of your internal people, promote them, get them you know, to that community. But it's all opportunity because we want to be not only a great provider, we want to be the best place to work. To, and, and I hate the word work, the best place to have a career. Absolutely. And then if you're with us, you know, if you join us in your 20s, and retire with us the way we do matches and some other things, you're going to be a multimillionaire. Well, that's the way it should work. Because if you, if the individual invests in us, you should be able to retire with a couple million dollars. That's a, that's a, a great place to end it. Uh, Brad, can't thank you enough. Hopefully we can run it back next year. Um, you guys are doing some amazing things. Thank you so very, very much. Well, thanks for the time and uh, being here at the Calix uh, Connections. And um, I look forward to talking to you next year because guess what? There'll be more opportunities and there'll be a few challenges too. Awesome, Brad. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Broadband Bunch. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Later.